This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty. Oh, we got a show for you tonight. I can't believe what I heard today. I'll tell you next on ESPN New York Tonight. 1-800-919-3776. Also on Twitter at Hardesty ESPN at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. Those are the ways you can contact us here on ESPN New York tonight, along with Dare I say, Mr. T has made an appearance. And, of course, Nikki, hope you had a great Tuesday. Let's go to work. I heard it earlier this afternoon as part of a media event that Joe Douglas, general manager of the Jets, did with the print media that covered the Jets. I heard it again when Joe Douglas joined the Michael K Show with Michael, Don, and Peter earlier today here on 98.7 ESPN. It was something that, while I understand the politics, while I understand the uncomfortability that he has as a general manager talking about a friend, his head coach, while I understand that he is not the person that is going to decide whether Adam Gase is here or not, that that indeed will be Chris Johnson or Woody Johnson or a combination of the two. When I heard these comments, I, I was surprised. Listen to this. In your opinion, can this team get to where you want it to be with Adam as the head coach? Yes. You know, ultimately, like I said, I have to do a better job for all these coaches and players. And the hope is that we can fix these problems together um, and, and be here together for a while. So you're saying he's part of the solution then? Yes. Okay. The Jets are 7-17 seven and 17 under Adam Gase. They finished 31st in offense last year. Okay, 31st. But, and of course, we're going to say, hey, listen, you know what? The Jets don't have a lot of talent. We've gone down this road. We've talked about it a lot. But he's been on teams that have had more talent than this. 2015 Bears offensive coordinator, offense ranked 21st. 2016 Dolphins head coach, offense ranked 24th. 2017 Dolphins head coach, offense ranked 25th. 2018 Dolphins head coach, offense ranked 31st. We already told you what it ranked last year, and this year will probably be 33rd in the, te- in the field of 32 teams. How is possibly Adam Gase part of the solution? Now, did I expect Joe Douglas to say, no, he's out of here? No, of course not. But I was a little surprised that I didn't get well. Much like all of us, he'll be evaluated at the end of the season. You know, we all have, we all, we're all not happy with what has happened. We're all not happy with where we are. We all need to do a better job. I need to do a better job. I mean, I heard all that part. But where, where is it, what has been seen to make anybody think that Adam Gase is part of the solution as opposed to part of the problem. I dare say, and I said this earlier in the season, probably week one, week two, maybe. When I saw what Jason Garrett was doing as the offensive coordinator with the Giants, there was more imagination. There was more creativity there. Look what they did last night. Look at some of the plays they had last night. Look at some of the things they drew up last night. I haven't seen that from Adam Gates. Have you? Maybe I missed something. That's not what I've seen from him. That's not where he's put Sam Donald in any kind of position. Is Joe Douglas correct when he says, you know, I'm, I have to do a better job in surrounding him with talent? Absolutely. He is correct. Did he expect his offensive line to be as abysmal as it's been? No, he did not. Nobody in his right mind would give money to players to play the way these guys have played for most of the season on this offensive line. Aside from the first-round draft choice, Mekhi Becton's been outstanding. It's been great. Mekhi Becton has been great. The rest of the offensive line, eh, not great. Receivers, eh, not great. Have all the receivers been on the field at the same time? No, understandably. That's injuries. Injuries are part of football. That's the way it goes. 
So while many of you have said that Gase needs to go, like I don't want him to finish the rest of the year. He needs to be fired right now. By week, he needs to go. Forget about it. And I said to you that the Jets were not going to, in my opinion, the Jets were not going to fire Adam Gase in the middle of the season. They're going to let him play it out. I mean, Chris Johnson told you at the beginning of the season, along with the fact that he thought he was a brilliant offensive mind and all the other accolades he gave Adam Gase, that they will be all judged at the end of the season based on what this team is. So if you say to me, that let, let's say for argument's sake, because Bill Belichick has always got something in his back pocket, right? Let's say for argument's sake, the Jets find a way to win one or two games. They find a way to win. Okay? Does this head coach deserve to come back after a 2-15 and 15 season? What head coach would keep their job after a 2-15 and 15 season in the National Football League? But now, when you hear him say that Gase is part of the solution, does that mean that he could be back next season? Is that possible? Joe Douglas on the Michael K show about Adam Gase. I think we just haven't been able, whether it's continuity, whether it's only having our offensive line together for three games, whether it's having almost a different wide receiver group uh, every week, the time we miss with Sam. I, I think there's a lot of a lot of reasons for us being where we are right now, and I don't think it all falls on one person. No, it doesn't all fall on one person. But There's only one person that was brought in here that was supposed to be an offensive genius. Only one. Only one. And that guy has not proven that at all. And when we thought about maybe the play calling would be different, maybe there would be some things. Honestly, the play calling has been consistent. Okay? Whether Gates makes the calls or Loggins makes the calls, in the second half, nothing works. That's the way it was last year. That's the way it is this year. Nothing works in the second half. Nothing. This is a team that two weeks ago had four yards total in the second half. Four. Four. How could could that possibly, how could that possibly be in an era where points are up? As Chris Canty has mentioned on this show and others, the center, the middle of the field is wide open. Look last night, the middle of the field is wide open. But this team could not find a way to get any points on the board. And, and forget about points on the board. They can't even move the football in the second half. They can't move it at all. Our poll question. At hardest to ESPN, at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. After hearing Joe Douglas's assessment of the Jets' struggles, are you confident he can turn things around? Absolutely. Definitely not. Or too soon to tell. It's not right, but it's okay. I'm going to make it anyway. It's ESPN New York tonight on 98.7 ESPN, 1-800-919-3776, also on Twitter at Hardest the ESPN at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. Our poll question tonight for your analysis. It's an interesting one. Just GM Joe Douglas spoke to the media about the struggles of the Jets. Are you confident he's capable of turning things around? Absolutely, definitely not. Too soon to tell. I will say this. He's going to have, if he stays, (laughs) he's got two big drafts this year and next year where the Jets will have nine picks as of right now. Nine picks this, uh, this draft, nine picks next draft. Makai Becton looks good. 
and obviously you don't you don't you'd like to see something from your draft, especially your first round picks. You'd like to see something positive from them right away. Clearly, all your draft choices that's what you want to see. But normally, you try to wait two, three years at least, four years, to see what the longevity is, staying power, depth, how the draft where weighs out. Becton looks like a very good player right now. It's early, but he does. I think Mims is going to be a good player. Seen him a couple of times, make a couple of catches, tall receiver. I would like to see him get involved more in the offense. Don't know whether they whether he's got a limited amount of the playbook. Don't know whether they just can't get the football to him. Don't know whether he's being double covered, whatever, whatever the situation is. Like to see him more involved in the offense. And obviously there's some more players. Uh, Ashton Davis, you want to see him on defense, played a little bit last week. So you want to see more of these draft choices because, uh, you know, that's what you need to see. Okay? P. Ryan, I want to see him. I love Frank Gore. Uh, Frank, great. You, you take the rest of the year off. Let me see what you have. Because right now you're in really talent assessment. For the rest of this season, that's what you need to see. Where do we need to go? What do we What do we need to draft? And the weaknesses, like four-fifths of the offensive line, <laughs> is probably going to have to go. So you're going to have to draft another lineman. You're going to have to draft somebody on defense. You're going to have to draft maybe a receiver. And, of course, you've got some free agent money that you're going to spend as well. So for the rest of the season, this is about what your young players can do. But here's the question. And while the guys asked Joe Douglas on the Michael K show today, how do you honestly evaluate Sam Darnold the rest of the year? How can you honestly evaluate? I mean, seriously, how can you honestly evaluate any player on this team if indeed if indeed, as many experts indicate how badly coached this team looks to be, how can you assess anybody on this team? How can you? Especially on the offensive side of football. I mean, they haven't been great defensively either. But once again, we're talking about the head coach and the side of the football that he predominantly sticks his head in the room. And that's the offensive side. Do they need help on special teams? Absolutely. I mean, this team needs a lot. We understand that. We get it. But for me, what? how do you, if you're Joe Doug, if you're Chris Johnson, how do you look at this team right now and figure out what, what needs to be? How do you do it? Are you looking at Adam Gase and saying, how could I be so wrong? <laughs> that's, a heck of, that's a heck of a sales job he did. Are you going to look at it and say, well, maybe the offense, maybe the pieces weren't that good. How do you look at it? How, how, do you, how do you feel? How do you, how do you judge? And especially in this tier of hierarchy, the way the Jets handle it is Adam Gase speaks to Chris Johnson and Joe Douglas speaks to Chris Johnson. But Gase does not report to Douglas who reports to Chris Johnson. So they each report to Chris Johnson. Doesn't mean that they don't talk to each other. That's not what I'm trying to infer. I'm sure they have a great working relationship. But if you're Chris Johnson, when you look on, because we talk a lot about the icon, the eye test on this, on this, on this show a lot, right? So I don't need numbers. I don't need, the numbers are bad. I don't need rankings. I don't need numbers. All I need to do is look at what I see on the field. And if 
I don't think it's, if I'm unsure <laughs> how bad it is, then all I have to do is roll back a couple of weeks and watch Joe Douglas sitting in the press box, rubbing his head, burying his hands in his, his head in his hands, just looking to see that this is incredibly bad right now. And to be fair, the two games since then, they did show some signs in the first half. Actually had a lead in the game against Buffalo. Actually had a lead. So listen, I felt based on folks I'd spoken with, based on the people that mentored him, based on the information I received, and I still believe that Joe Douglas can do a better job, can be the guy that they expect him to be, to be the guy that learned under Ozzie Newsom, to be the guy that was that was right there to help build the, the, the not the dynasty, but the talent pool in Philadelphia to earn them a Super Bowl. I still believe that he's got that talent. But I got to be honest with you. And again, I understand why you have to be careful what you say and skirt the issue. But his seemingly undying support for Adam Gates was surprising. It took me aback. It really did. I was not expecting that from him. I was not expecting that at all. 1-800-919-3776. On Twitter, after hearing Joe Douglas' assessment of the Jets' struggles, are you confident he can turn things around? Absolutely, definitely not. Too soon to tell. This is an interesting spread of uh, opinions. I'll share that with you in a couple of minutes. Let's go to the phones. Buddha in the Bronx. Buddha, you're batting leadoff on ESPN New York tonight. <laughs> What's going on, Uncle Larry? What's up, Buddha? <laughs> Oh, that's a funny, a funny show, man. I just, it started out with the beat the fat man and the Tommy oh, Martin Tommy Davis. <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought the next question was going to be with the dad on the Cosby show, and the answer was going to be Billy D. Williams. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Listen, but your poll question is too soon to tell. But the caveat is always going to be your boy, Chris Johnson. I mean, his involvement yeah. or lack thereof, I think, is going to determine Joe Douglas' success. You know, but <laughs> listen, Adam Gates is who we thought he was. Yeah. <laughs> and today, Joe Douglas let him up <laughs> just for a little while because the fans are not going to tolerate this guy coming back. I don't care what he said. You know, that, that was just for show. Don't, don't, don't worry yourself with that. But um, listen, on a serious note, though, Oh, my God. It was finally good to hear because, you know, listen, I call every show. Mm -hmm. I talk to every host. I think I've only heard it from you, and I've only heard it from Michael K. where, you know, Joe Douglas came out and he was preaching from the pulpit of the obvious today. Yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't do a good job. Yeah, really? <laughs> you Harvey <laughs> Anderson, I should have let him go. You think so? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, God. I was just glad to finally hear somebody admit to it. You know, it was been driving me nuts. I mean, Bart Scott with the Joe Douglas is good. He was trying to tell me how a Perriman was going to be good this year. Oh, come on, bro. Like, stop it. He played six games last year. He played two games a year before. You know, listen, Joe Douglas, you know, not only did he let Robbie Anderson go, listen, that, that offensive line has been atrocious. Um, what, 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 let's look at his free agent signings besides the offensive line. I mean, um, Perriman we spoke about. But um, Pierre Desir, if we had, if you got used to Darrell Rebus, this guy is like the exact opposite. Oh my God, he got benched in the first game. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Your free agent signing got benched in the first game. Oh God, I tell you, man. Listen, you know, I, you know, like Rakim said back in the days. I mean, it's time to go back to the lab. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you hope Joe Douglas learned something here. I wouldn't pay too much attention to that stuff about Adam Gates. I mean, like you said, I mean, really, what was he supposed to come out and say about Adam Gates or Sam Donald? Um, 
you know, uh, everybody's under review at this point. You can't even say anything like that. You know, it's just going to have to play itself out. The question is, really, is he going to be allowed to or have the onions to bring in a coach that's going to shut some of his power down? Because that's the only way you're getting out of this. You can't do the coordinated stuff again. You know, it's just going to be a repeat of the same stuff. This guy talks to Chris, and then he talks to Chris. Chris doesn't know what the hell he's doing. You know, like, somebody's got to come in here, you know, with some strength. And you see, that's going to determine whether, he, you know, he'll be a success or not. I mean, you know, he obviously needs help with the free agency signings. The draft picks haven't been horrible. Mims looks like he's going to be all right. Um, Beckton is good. You know, Beckton needs to learn how to pass block a little bit. He's a great run blocker. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, hopefully, hopefully, you know, they haven't tarnished, which is a strong possibility because when you turn on the TV, I don't care what show it is. Sometimes it shows that have nothing to do with sports. The Jets have become the punchline yeah, of America. It's true. And, you know, that that's that's something that you have to really think about when you start doing this tanking business. Yep. You know, you mess around and you make your, 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 your commodity such a weak commodity that now, you know, you got free agency money. Who's going to want to come here? Mm-hmm. You see, that's the problem. But, you know, yep. anyway, my brother, you know, I had a good laugh today. Good. Listen I'm glad you that. did. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Buddha, we'll talk yeah. soon. Keep smiling. <laughs> It's ESPN New York tonight here on 987 ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Also on Twitter at Hardesty ESPN at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. So our poll question, after hearing Joe Douglas's assessment of the Jets' struggles, are you confident he can turn things around? Absolutely, definitely not, or too soon to tell. Early poll numbers. 26% of you say... Absolutely. 36% say definitely not. 37% say too soon to tell. Interesting. If you haven't weighed in, you can vote now on Twitter. Or you can call me at 1-800-919-3776. Maybe you have a response that doesn't fit those three. <laughs> like, huh? <laughs> so feel free to weigh in. Here's where, here's where I'm a little concerned about Joe Douglas. And when you talk about the success of Brian Cashman with the Yankees as a general manager, and he's been successful. Has he been as successful over the past decade as he was previously? No, because they've only had one championship, and that was in 2009. But while he's made some really, really good free agent moves, DJ LeMahieu, he's had some issues with pitchers, right? And we could go down a list, and Yankee fans, I will not do that to you. But we can go down a list of pitchers that were signed as free agents that did not work out for the Yankees. Did not work out. Should have worked out. Could have worked out. Did not work out. Is offensive line the issue for Joe Douglas? I mean, it started with Ryan Khalil. And listen, Van Roden has not been great. There's been a number. There's been a number of offensive linemen who've come in here under Joe Douglas, who really tried to revamp this offensive line and spent some dollars on it. And this has not panned out. So, are you confident? Are you more confident that he can do a better job in free agency? not just the offensive line. And I did, to follow up Chris's point, I did, even though it was obvious, I did appreciate him saying why they thought 
that why Robbie Anderson was gone. And the fact was that he said they over-evaluated what the market was going to be. And so had they really had a bet, done a better job of what the market was going to look like, Robbie Anderson would probably still be here. Robbie Anderson was that guy that took the top off a defense. Robbie Anderson had a really nice, had really good chemistry with Sam Darnold. Now, having said that, when I look at the inconsistent play of this offensive line, am I sure that Sam Darnold would have had the time to get the ball to Robbie Anderson? I don't know. I honestly don't know. Would maybe this year there would have been some more creative screens and things for Robbie Anderson, line him up in the backfield, do some different things where you could use his speed to make adjustments and change what the defense brings to the table? Possibly. Didn't see a lot of that last season, but maybe this season would have been different. So, Listen, uh, I appreciate him explaining that. I appreciate him saying what happened and, and how they misread the market. Okay, these things happen. But I am really wondering about this offensive line situation because, let's face it, you have to be able to, and, and premium offensive line play is, you know, doesn't grow on trees. Really great offensive linemen, when they become free agents, they are re-signed because it's hard to find premium offensive linemen, especially when, you, when they've played in a group that has played together for so long. And there's a chemistry there. And there's a, a camaraderie. And everybody knows things are unspoken. It's a nod. It's a wink. It's a head movement. It's, it's a hand gesture. It's something that they understand amongst themselves that they know what to do. And you add to that a fact that you've got a quarterback who sometimes still looks like he sees ghosts because of the pressure. Now, give him credit. He's starting to roll out a little bit more. He's starting to take off a little bit more. He's starting to make that adjustment. But once again, when do you see this offense throw the ball down the field? And when they do, it's overthrown, underthrown. You wonder if the receiver and quarterback are on the same page as to what route they're supposed to be running. It just looks disjointed. It doesn't look as though they practice together. It, it just, it, it looks weird. And so while there is some hope, you have to have hope as a Jet fan that after this season, what you go through is several things. You need to find out, okay, if indeed you are fortunate enough to get the number one overall pick, what are you going to do? And plan B is what happens if you don't get the number one overall pick? What are you going to do? Now, Joe Douglas made it clear that he feels that Sam Darnold is the future of this team that he feels that Sam Darnold is the guy who's going to lead this team back. That because of the weapons that have not been on the field for him this season, even though they believe they put some weapons on the field, even though when we talk about Perryman, he's been a receiver who, when he's played, he's shown you some things, but he's been a guy that's had a lot of injuries. So you had to know that coming in, that there was going to be a possibility that he was not going to be available to you as much as some other receivers that you might have tried to get. And that's got to be a consideration for you, okay, when you're making these deals. Was he the best receiver available when you decided to go for a receiver? Well, that's this year. So going forward, these are the things that you learned from as a front office executive. And these are the adjustments that you have to make. And so the question becomes, all right, what are we going to do? And I mean, sorry, Jet fans is 
the midway point of the season and we're you know we're talking about next season already i know it's frustrating i know it's something you'd rather not do and it's become all too familiar <laughs> past couple of seasons but this is where you are and while you understand that this is just an awful awful situation by the way your team is playing that you understand that right now you your team has for the most part has not even been competitive because they don't score enough points. So what needs to change over these next couple of weeks? You need to try to see something. Now I know you're kind of torn because no fan in their right mind roots for their team to lose. You root for them to play well. And if they happen to lose, okay, we lost, but we played well. Kind of like what, you know, the giants were doing. Right, the Giants, Giant fans root for their team. They really, they would like to win some games, but they're they're getting better, and so for the Giant fans, they're in a the division where everybody's struggling this year. So yeah, in a way, they're kind of torn, but on the other side of it, they're looking at some things and and they have some decisions that they have to make as well. But at least when you look at the Giants you see some things that say, huh, okay, it's not bad. We, we've got some things going in our direction for change. We, we've, we've got some, some things that I can look forward to. And that's not been the situation with Jet fans. And that's a, that's a tough situation because of the fact that they haven't done anything on the field. And this, for me, is a very interesting Monday night game with New England. Because you hear what Bill Belichick is talking about. You hear his, oh, we sold out to win, the, to win Super Bowls, and now we're, our talent pool is empty and this and that and the other thing. And, and while I don't ever think that he would tank, in other words, I, I don't ever think that he would lose intentionally to try to get the number one pick. That's that he's just too he's too competitive. He's I just don't see him doing that. I don't see him ever wanting to be in that situation, right? Where people are talking about him always oh, tanking or oh, listening. No, I, I just don't see that. So I do think that uh he's gonna put a very he's gonna put up a big fight. Monday night against this Jet team, and I just have seen nothing to make me think that they'll be able to uh, answer him back. I don't know if I could ever go without Sugar High. speaking of New York tonight, that was an interesting conversation with uh, Mike Tannenbaum that was on with DPHO Canty and Rothenberg, and it's a, it's a, it, it's not anything new. I mean, Jordan Renan told us that on Sunday night when we had him on the drive where he was talking about, you know what? The giants are at that stage where, you know, what do you do if the, if the turnovers continue, do you continue to reward him with playing time? As a matter of fact, Jordan was on with the, on the Michael K show and he and Don got into an interesting debate about the merits of keeping him in the game, allowing him to continue to play when you are, as a new head coach, holding other players accountable, demanding that they uh, live up to playing the best they can. And if they continue to make mistakes, they have to earn their playing time, and so they sit. And if that's the way for another player on the team, a defender, a corner, a linebacker, wide receiver, running back, why is Daniel Jones different? Well, the one thing you find out about sports, ladies and gentlemen, is that everybody on the team is not <laughs> rated equal. <laughs> and the bottom line here is they have to continue to evaluate Daniel Jones. And so what he does over the rest of the season, is he able to cut down on the turnovers? Is he Does he give you a game where he doesn't make a mistake? Does he give you, because you see it, you saw him march the team down the field to get a touchdown to put them within a two-point conversion of tying the game and sending it into overtime. 
and obviously had the throw been a little better, we wouldn't. They would have. He would have taken the uh, flag out of the official's hand. So, th- but this is part of growing your quarterback, and you know, after two years, is he? This is what you say. This is his second year, and we're still seeing the same thing. If after, if there's no change by the end of the season. I mean, how much change? How much chance do you give your quarterback? When do you have to make a decision? When do you know that this is not the guy, or when do you say, you know what, we think he's the guy, but he needs more time? What I actually think is that the Giants, the way they're playing, if they continue to play this way, they will take that decision out of the hands of uh, Dave Gettleman and Joe Judge and the and the Giants hierarchy because they're going to win games where the quarterback that will be available is not going to be a guy that's going to be better than what you have in the draft, I mean, mind you, than you have with Daniel Jones in the sense of it's not one of the top two, three quarterbacks that's going to go. That you'll be you'll say, hey, listen, we know what we have here. We have to coach him up again. We just have to keep coaching him up. And then we'll have to make a decision in year three. Do you do that? Do you, with a healthy Saquon Barkley returning, do you say, well, we can do some things to rein him in in the sense of being more of a game manager because we have some other options. We have a dynamic running back assuming he's back 100%, which I think he will be. We have a dynamic running back, so we take some of the pressure off of Daniel Jones. He doesn't have to make the world-renowned play. He doesn't have to shoulder the offense. We know he can put the team on his back. He's done it a couple of times, marched the team down the field. He seems to be really good late in games as far as marching the team down. Yet, you know, key situations, you have some turnovers and stuff. Yeah, yeah. You see that, and it's a concern, clearly. There's no question about it. You hate for your you hate turnovers. Any coach hates turnovers. That's how you lose games. It's very simple. And when you have a young man that turns it over at the rate that he has done so, I mean you're talking like 30 turnovers in a year and a half. That's a lot of turnovers. That's a lot. And so you just, you know, it's 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 an interesting discussion. It's it's why these front office people get paid so much money. And it's why when you look at a quarterback in the draft and you have to make a decision about that quarterback, you better be right. Because you if you pick the wrong person, you set your franchise back three, four, sometimes five years. Because now you have to start the clock again, which means you have to start the learning curve again. Which means you have to bring in another young quarterback and have to go through the pain of the speed of the game and the adjustments and the speed of the defensive linemen putting pressure on and all the different exotic defenses that they're going to see and all the different things that they have to go through to learn to get better. And then sometimes you may have a quarterback like a Jared Goff who's good for a year, year and a half, two years, and then he doesn't he looks nothing like that quarterback that put, you know, sent them to the Super Bowl. Nothing. I mean, he what? He self-destructed in Miami this weekend. He had three major turnovers in the first half. I mean, Tua didn't have much work to do. He just had to game manage it and they were okay. So your decision at quarterback is monumental. And listen, as as Giant fans, you guys have been lucky. You've had a solid quarterback for over a decade. You know what you had. Old reliable Eli. And now you're getting the young quarterback who, listen, can run, can throw. His, his, uh, Completion percentage is not as good as it was previously. It's down a little bit. As you can see, he's not he's not as accurate as he was last season. 
but he he can make all the throws. You know he can. Um, it's it's an interesting dynamic. It's an interesting dynamic for both teams. He said, find your way back. Big, big world, but you got it, baby. Find your way back. It's ESPN New York tonight here on 987 ESPN. Back to the phones we go. Trey is up next. What's up, Trey? What's up, Larry? How you doing? Oh, anything good happened on the K show today? <laughs> <laughs> Larry, Larry, let me tell you something. I don't think he was ready for them questions. He just misspoke. What he need, what he really needed was Keegan Michael Key standing behind him as Luther to say <laughs> what he really meant to say. Mm-hmm. And what he really meant to say, you know, when Keegan Michael Key he got the he got the rings on, he got his fingers yeah. interlocked and everything, and he, yeah. you know, doing his character Luther. You know, you know what I'm talking about, right? I do, I do. Okay, I so do. that's who he needed to stand behind him today. Everybody, Jet fans, Ira, Chris, he's out of here, Buddha. He's gone. Everybody knows it. This is this is a good story to have on election day, though. This is really good. Mm-hmm. He's gone, Larry. He can't stay here. He can't stay, Larry. That man got to go. Yeah, we he know. is literally sitting back, letting this man just do whatever he wants. Let, letting the uh, who's calling the plays right now? Darrell Loggins, the offensive. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, so yeah, Rich Cotite. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> him. So whatever. <laughs> He's calling plays. Adam Gates is sitting back. I think I saw him inhale a Nathan's the other day when he was on the sideline. It's ridiculous. That man's gone, and Joe Douglas just can't say it. That's mm-hmm. all. Oh, yeah. No, I, once again, yeah. Trey, I didn't expect him to say he was gone. but He can't say that, Larry. Absolutely. I, of course not. I didn't expect him to say that, but I didn't expect him to say, like, well, we can't move on and fix this without him. <laughs> yes, you can. <laughs> yeah, you sure can. <laughs> and and I, I, I think, you know, what really got Jeff Hans is when he actually said that he's not the part of the – what the – Yeah, what? exactly. See, Man, see, see, he, he – What's know, his record? Just, Larry, wow. what's real quick, what's his record? What's, the, what's his record here with us? What's his record? Uh, you don't really want to know. So the Come seven here. wins? No, you don't really want you you, you, you really want me to, you really you really you know what I'm about to, to say Larry. you know what I'm about to say seven the hell and, did we win seven seven and seventeen what, we, well, six of them was in the second what, half of last year what were those Larry <laughs> <laughs> Larry I'm not gonna do it tonight I'm not gonna do it tonight we gotta stay focused we gotta stay focused so Larry, so okay. I understand Joe Douglas's point, right? I understand what he's saying, and, and there's enough blame to go around. We get oh, there's that. no question about it. There's enough blame to go around. We can't, but what we can't do is fall into that trap of pointing the finger and everything. I think Sam Darnold does it the best. Mm-hmm. I did it. He points the thumb, not the finger. Yeah, it's on yeah. me. I got to get better. I got to do. I got to do better. The problem with that, this is New York City, Larry. So mm-hmm. we can't have that here. I need you to do better now. I don't want you to talk about it. See, Cam's up there in New England doing this passive-aggressive thing. Oh, Cameron Newton has to play better. It's unacceptable here. Yeah, but you still go out and fumble on the biggest play of the game, and you still got that look on your face. Third you person never. Saying? Third person is never good in those situations. It is never good when you do. I said, man, come on. This dude is feeling himself, man. It's some suits, Larry. It's some suits. So, no, it's the hats. <laughs> oh, and, oh, can't even think about the hats. Dear God. But like I said, Larry, you, you know Joe Douglas in a bad spot today. I think Michael, I think Michael K got him with that question. I don't think because <laughs> he kind of paused, Larry. If you hear it, he's like, oh. and, and Keegan Michael Key wasn't behind him to say what he really wanted to say. Like I like Adam; he's a great friend, and I, I hope that we can maintain friends after this. Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna. But if Chris tells me to put the bullet in, in between his eyes, I'm gonna yeah. put the bullet in between his eyes. And but he won't it. have to. Because no, the way Chris the hierarchy is, is set up, Chris will do it. So he's good. Chris will do it. Yeah, that, Chris will do it. But like I said, Larry, he just can't say it. I feel. I, I feel once bad. again, yeah, I feel. I wasn't expecting him that, to say it. I I just wasn't expecting him to, you know, to. He just like what? I'm getting rid of my boy. Can, yeah. No, no, we riding. No, we good. Right. <laughs> I, I think we got that. all of us. And Ty, Ty Boogie, he's a huge Jeff fan. You're a huge Jeff fan. Ever mind. So what got us is the vote. Damn near like a vote of confidence. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. It's like, whoa, wait, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. Yo, Adam Gates would be lucky to keep that little the, 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 the hoodie and stuff when it's time for him to go. Now you got to get that up, too. 
He got to give that up, too, man. He, give he, that up too. he can keep the playbook, though, because that crap didn't work here <laughs> at all. Wait a minute, wait a minute. We should. They got a playbook? Yeah, ain't no daggone playbook. Larry, you know, my bad. I'm saying they're going to take his, his bag of bottle caps and skelly tops. You know what skelly is. The, the kids don't know what skelly is. And the skelly tops. And then that's how he draws up the play. Larry, please, stop playing. He's got to go. He's going to go. We're going to be better next year. And, and we're going to have – we're going to have somebody steering this ship mm-hmm. come free agency time, come draft time, that knows what the hell he's doing. So that's what I'm going to put my faith in, Larry, and that, that, that's where it lies. I know Adam Gates is going. Y'all, you guys are very smart over there. Y'all know yeah, he's yeah, going yeah. to. It's yeah, just a matter of time. But, and but, then I'm going to do it in between the season. That's all. It, it was really it, – it was just interesting to hear. A and B, like I told folks, he, he not leaving before. He gonna make he gonna make no. him earn his money. You staying right here this whole season, the hey, whole season. Hey. Maybe if the Knicks took a page out of that, we still wouldn't be paying Jeff Hornacek. And, and <laughs> I think the Knicks still paying Hubie Brown, man. I'm telling you, Larry. I'm telling you. Speaking I'm of that, you, Larry, are, are, are you getting uh, are you getting excited for the draft? Absolutely, absolutely. We're gonna do we're gonna do some we're gonna do some previews and everything. I'm gonna re, we're just gonna retouch up what we did before, you know, during the pandemic and everything. We're gonna retouch mm-hmm. we're gonna retouch that up, yep. and 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 I guess we'll see what these guys, the Obi Toppins, and uh, I, I want to focus on some of the guys that are gonna come that I that I think have a, like the uh, Devi Advias and um, what's the kid from Iowa State you like? Um, Killian Hayes. Yeah, 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 yeah. These these are guys that I think could possibly end up here. So I want to kind of focus on them. I want to touch on all of the guys, Paul, but I want to definitely get to the guys that I think could end up in here and help us and help us. Tyrese Maxey, okay? Come on. We got the coach Kenny Payne over there. Tyrese Maxey fits what we are looking for. And if you do happen to bring Russell Westbrook to this team, Hmm. What a mentor to have for that kid. He will put a pit bull mentality into, and he's already a scorer, Larry, with both hands. Did, did, did you see that? Uh, from three. Did you see that uh, young Mister Ball stock is dropping? I did, I, and I don't know where that's coming from because all you got is tape, Larry. So what the hell's going on? Interviews. All you have is tape from overseas. That, that's all we have to look at. Like, we don't have nothing new. We don't have no draft of uh, the combine up in Chicago. We no. don't have nothing. Allegedly, so, it's interviews in the articles I've been reading. Oh. Interviews. So we'll see. We'll see how that plays out. All right, my friend. We'll talk yes, soon. Sir. All right. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Look forward to it. All right, now. 1-800-919-3776. Taking your phone calls. We'll update the Twitter poll in a second. Right now, let's talk to Dante in Queens. Hey, Dante. You're next on 98.7. Hey, Larry. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I know hey, Dante, you guys long most... time. Where you been? <sighs> Working hard, trying I to stay you. healthy. <laughs> um, I actually had um, two um, Nick points. Um, okay. Is, is there any – because – I, I, I watch a lot of, um, you know, different outlets as far as basketball, but I haven't seen anything on ESPN about the Chris Paul trade rumors because, I, I you know, I, I follow Ian Bagley. So mm-hmm. I, is there any validity to that? I don't think they should make the trade because you can't trust his health. Mm-hmm. And second, I'll say far as our eighth pick, as long as we get the best – point guard available on the draft I'm fine what you okay. do with 27 and 38 not that I don't care but the eighth is more important you got to get that right and then whatever moves you make or you know cherry on the Sunday but um do you know if that's anything serious with the CP3 or is it just run-of-the-mill rumors or whatever it, it, it's a rumor it, it's a rumor of uh, the fact that he's made a statement according to a couple of reports I've seen that he he'd be willing to go to either L.A. or New York, um, so you know that fueled the rumor. Uh, to be honest, I know that uh, Alan Hahn and Jay Williams have talked about it, about that possibility. They have also discussed the possibility of Russell Westbrook, a deal being made for him to come here um, to New York. And and I, you know, these are different things that you start to hear, you know, it's around the draft and, you know, free agency and what are the Knicks going to do? And, 
is Leon Rose going to make a splash or is he going to try to build through the draft or do they are the how patient they're going to be? So it's really Dante, not that there's I don't know that there's any real validity to it. I don't know that there's been discussions about it, but it has been something mm-hmm. that's been floated around, you know, when you when you talk about uh what 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 people are going to do when people ask what are the Knicks going to do with this new hierarchy? Are they going to make a splash? What are they going to do? Uh, those names have been a couple that have been mentioned. I, I love Westbrook's game, but I'm sorry that contract is disgusting. It, 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 if you want to get a veteran point guard, and like I said, uh, we we need our franchise point guard, so obviously that's why I want to draft one. But I don't think it takes it makes sense to take on these insane contracts. I'm, I, I used to get, you know, all excited about free agency. Mm-hmm. I, I'm more about player development. Yeah. Create your own stars because the Knicks are the only team that focus so much on these large blockbuster trades and potentially star free agent signings while the rest of the league is like developing players and get their own stuff. So I want to see us do that. I feel like if we get a couple of vets in free agency, I still feel like they could possibly make the playoffs in the East as a lower seed. Mm-hmm. My whole thing is don't trade RJ Barrett or Mitchell Robinson. Those are the two guys on this team that I feel like you need to build around. Mm-hmm. And I really think Thibodeau could make make them both extreme good two way players as long as you don't Give up those two guys now. I would, I wouldn't, I would love Lamelo Ball, but mm-hmm. I'm not trading Mitch Robinson to get to right. him because all the reports I've been hearing that Golden State would want Robinson in the deal. Like if I'm, if I'm the Knicks, like I'm not trading Barrett Robinson and I'm not trading my eighth pick. Right. Whatever Absolutely. moves you want to do from that, fine. You know. I agree with you, Dante, and and thanks for the phone call. Good hearing from you. And and here's the other thing: if indeed Golden State is saying they want Mitchell Robinson. That means that they see something in him and feel they can develop some things in him that maybe you haven't done yet. So that makes me want to keep him a little bit more and make sure that we invest more into developing the skills of his game to make him improve and be more of a, you know, more of an offensive and defensive force in the lineup. And, you know, I saw a couple of a couple of videos where, you know, he uh, was shooting some threes and not shooting them very badly. As a matter of fact, Dante, you mentioned Ian Ian Begley, the SNY insider, formerly of ESPN.com. Uh, we're in negotiations. We will probably have him one day this week. So as we get that clear, I'll let you know what day that is. Hey, if you missed our top news stories of the day, don't worry. You can always listen to them every day on demand via the podcast. Just download the ESPN app and search for the Best of New York podcast or simply click the link on our Twitter handles at Hardesty ESPN and at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. That's where you'll find our poll question tonight. After hearing Joe Douglas's assessment of the Jets struggles, are you confident he can turn things around? 25.3% 25.3% of you say absolutely, 36.1% say definitely not, and 386 say too soon to tell. It's been consistent all night. That's how you felt about it, and the too soon to tell is interesting. That's actually a pretty good vote of confidence if you're, <laughs> if you're Joe Douglas. That means that uh, they're keeping an open mind about you. That's a good thing. Back to the phones we go. JR is in Jersey City. Hey, JR, you're next on 98.7. Hello, Larry. Can you hear me? I hear you fine, Jr. What's up? Okay, uh, I'm a first-time caller. Welcome, and, in. Uh, for, uh, huh? Welcome. Okay, thank you. Uh, I have two comments to make. Firstly, let me give some props to a brother who called a little bit earlier, and he mentioned one little word: Skelly. He talked <laughs> about New York, New York City games, man. Punch ball, uh, Chinese handball, stoop ball. I like to get together with the brother and engage in the game of skelly with him, you know, because he bringing back those pleasant memories of childhood when we used to play in the street, man, and mm-hmm. had, a, had a whole lot of fun, man. Yeah, yeah. And uh, secondly, uh, I'm going I'm to comment on a comment that you made. Uh, you said that uh, what's happening with Danny Dimes is a concern. No, my brother, it's much more than a concern, you know what I'm saying? The concern, concern is when you stub your toe. You know what I'm saying? Or you get a slight cut, man. You know, he 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 he's 
uh, doing something which is is akin to spraining his leg, or spraining his ankle seriously, or 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 or, or, or you fracturing a bone. In other words, the bottom line is, it's not a concern, my brother. It's a worry. It's a deep worry because he's been doing it all in college, and he hasn't stopped since he's been in pro. I hear what you're saying, Jr. I hear you. Thanks for the phone call. Yeah, but I I just believe that when you've seen what he's able to do, I think he can overcome it. I don't know when it's going to start. <laughs> and the more he does it, the more he's making me have to rethink my thought process about it. But I just believe that he's a hard worker from what everybody tells me. And he's a guy that just has to slow it down and try not to be, you know, we talk about hero ball in the NBA. Well, you have it in football too. And I think a lot of quarterbacks, especially young quarterbacks, feel that way. They feel like I got to make a play. I, if I just if I wait just one second longer, that guy's going to be open, and I can make that play. I can make something big happen on this drive. And you know, you like that confidence that you have. You just have to be smart. And sometimes it's just smarter to throw it away. I know you think you can make that play. I I get it. I understand it. But what happens is in the time that you're thinking you're waiting for that guy to make the adjustment. Well, guess what? The defense has made the adjustment as well. So now you end up putting yourself in a position where you, you end up possibly getting a turnover because you've allowed the defense to recover and close the ground where the player may have been open. Ed's on Route 87. Ed, you're next on 9870 ESPN. Yeah, how you doing, Larry? Uh, getting back to the Giants. As a Giant fan, people have to remember, when Eli Manning came into the league, he had the top line that gave him time to have a sandwich, a cup of coffee, before he had to throw the ball. This kid doesn't have it. And like you said, he's anxious. He wants to make something happen. And the only good thing about it is I think he can be a great quarterback now that we have Jason Garrett there, somebody who's experienced, to teach him to tuck that ball in, take the loss, shake it off, and go again. Uh, You've got to give this kid time. And Colt isn't the answer. Uh, he's definitely not going to come in and, and change any tempo of the team. you got to realize Eli didn't have to run in the beginning years, and then towards the end when the line started to give away, Eli couldn't run, mm-hmm. so he had to throw the ball. And I think the organization made a big mistake when they put Geno in instead of starting Eli and, and, and stopping his starting uh, – time uh, for consecutive game streak. Yeah, yeah, you know, I I think the the organization did him uh, injustice by doing that. And they made themselves look like a fool because uh, if they thought it was the quarterback that was the problem, then why didn't Geno win the game for us? I mean, (laughs) yeah, it wasn't the quarterback. And, And Daniel Jones, Daniel Jones needs to get together with these guys and we have we have a decent line, but we need to get stronger on the offensive line, and that's what will make Danny a better quarterback. Well, I agree with you, Ed, and thanks for the phone call. Yeah, that was a Ben McAdoo decision that what he didn't want. I think Ben McAdoo was a guy that really wanted a mobile quarterback, and so he really wanted to. He didn't really want Eli Manning. He wanted to move on from Eli. He wanted to try to get somebody in that could roll in the pocket and move and, and run and be more like the quarterbacks that you see in the National Football League right now. And so that was the move he made. He figured by benching Eli, he could do that. And Geno Smith, of course, you know, gave him a little bit of that, but didn't win the game. So it was like, you know, well, we have to go back to Eli. But the curious thing was that Geno Smith was not going to be your quarterback of the future anyway if you were going to start somebody. You should have started one of the other younger quarterbacks to take a look at because Geno wasn't going to be your future. There's no question. You weren't going to, you weren't turning this team over to Geno Smith. You weren't. So if you're going to sit Eli down, you should have started one of the other young quarterbacks. Richardson, Manhattan. Hey, Richard, you're next on 987 ESPN. Larry, we know the NBA and the, uh, you know, the top players are, you know, debating on when to start the season, Martin Luther yep. King Day or Christmas. Yep. But wh- what kind of plan do they have? Are they going to have fans in the stands? Is that going to happen? I mean, have, are they are they preparing for any of this? Or what's it going to be? Are, Knicks, are, are the Knicks going to sell season tickets or any tickets? Or are you going to be able to go to the Garden? 
last I heard, no, those things were still being decided. Uh, that's why I am surprised that the NBA came out with saying that they wanted to start yeah. a couple of days before they're Christmas because, because Richard, the, the, the rumor that had been going around was that they were going to wait till maybe January or February to start because they wanted the possibility of having fans The longer fans in you the wait, the more options you have, right, Larry? Right. I mean, Absolutely. instead of rushing – I mean, they got to consider the fact. I mean, we're all waiting for the season to start. We want it, but still, they gave us a great. Are they going to have a bubble again? Uh, That's in discussion. That's in discussion about how <laughs> they're going to do but that. They want to know, but they're fighting about the date. But they don't even know what they. I can't imagine that these players would agree to a bubble. Do you? Can you see that? No, I don't see that. Not not for not for seventy plus games. No. <laughs> they gave us a great product. I mean, they from did. what July on, it was great. Yeah, it was. It really was. I mean, you know, you got to see to these guys' wishes now. I mean, they did all right, the players. They yeah. knew what they were doing. Let's keep it going. I mean, uh, if one month wait, that get let you get all your ducks all in a row and are lined up, we can wait. The fans can wait. I'm just happy we had a season. We can watch basketball. We talked about it. We read about it in the newspapers. We called in the talk shows. That's enough for me. I mean, one month is not going to kill us. Well, it's about recouping that money, Richard. Yeah, it's about I the know, cash. Right? But still, you know, you can't be too greedy. you got to get yeah, things yeah. ready, too, for the rest of the players and all. Larry, always a pleasure. Thank Same you. Same here, Richard. Thanks for the phone call. 1-800-919-3776. Also on Twitter, at Hardest to ESPN, at ESPNNY, 98 underscore 7 FM. That is, a, that is an interesting scenario that's going on in the NBA. Um, because I know that the Players Association... Are, we're trying to come up with a type bubble-like environment, you know, uh, and I'm not sure how there were different, uh, you know, ideas about how that was going to go and, you know, what what's the way to do it and so on and so forth. And, you know, then on the other side, they want to try to uh, get all the playoff games and stuff in so they could still leave time for the NBA players to participate in the 2021 Tokyo Olympics, which is normally in the summer, you know, and, and so, you know, which I, we don't even know if we have to see how things are, if there's even going to be, but Olympics, you know, we don't know. Uh, hopefully, prayerfully, there will be, but you know, at this point in time, you're not really sure. So there's still a lot of negotiation going on. A lot of folks trying to figure out what's the best way to handle it. And, um, you know, the only thing we know right now is the NBA draft is November 18th. <laughs> it's the only thing we know. The only thing we know. I know that the NBA really wants to do a December 22nd start. The players, the majority of the players uh, would like it moved. I'm sure that the teams that were involved, like the Lakers, uh, teams that were the like the final four of the playoffs, the conference finals and the champions, I'm sure they would like a little more time because of the fact that they just, I mean, that's like a, what, a month and two months off, maybe. And then they're right back at it. You know, I mean, boy, you talk about load management. There's going to be a new definition for load management going forward. <laughs> if they have to come back, like the Lakers have to come back early and, and, uh, you know, the Miami has to come back early. That that's 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 going to be an interesting scenario. So I think they're going to. While I understand from a league what they want to do to try to get it done as as quickly as possible and turn it around, I just think for the quality of the game, another two three weeks is not going to hurt you. Let's start it in in July. It started in January. Let's you know play less games if you have to. You played less games this season, so let's play less games if you have to, and then you move on and, and you know, see how things are going and, you know, uh, try to recoup. I mean, you know, are they going to do the same thing as you hear about the NFL talking about possibly, depending on what's going on, that they may in, look to increase their playoffs even more. Remember, they, they were scheduled to add another wildcard team this year. So now they were experimenting with what baseball did of having 16 teams in the postseason. So, you know, everybody's looking to try to, you know, recoup that money. Now, this is not the same situation for the NFL because they haven't really had to have stoppages. They've been able to maneuver their games and, you know, play with bye weeks and play games on other days of the week in situations where games had to be moved or delayed. But if this continues and moves on as you get closer in the second half of the season, 
where you don't obviously you don't have as many bye weeks available that you had earlier in the season. Uh, there's going to have to be some adjustments. So a lot of things, people are looking at a lot of ways of trying to make the adjustment around this uh, this COVID-19 pandemic. So it is going to be interesting to see what happens. And listen, with the way this jet situation is going, I, I, I can't wait to see what's going to happen tomorrow. <laughs> because Wednesday, you know, uh, is kind of like, it's weird because when they play on Monday night, every day is a little different where Wednesday would normally be the first day of practice that you get ready for Sunday and, you know, going down the line. But since you have that extra day, uh, you know, they have an extra day. So I'm, I'm sure they'll have a walkthrough. They'll have some practice and, you know, they have to get ready for this uh, New England team. And, uh, you know, what's the situation with the Giants? They, For me, I think they've got a great shot of winning Sunday against Washington. I really do. I, I think I really think that's where they'll get their second win. Looking forward to it. That wraps up this edition of ESPN New York tonight. We thank you for joining us. Uh, thank you, Mr. T. Thank you, Nikki, for your hard work and expertise. You are listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN.